I figured you out. You're crying on the floor. You do this to feel important. No one's ever listening. Is this what you're about? What a waste of potential. I never had the credentials to see who you wanted me to be. I'll figure it out. Yeah, I'll be just fine. Doing what I want and doing it all on my own time. That was I'm Not Listening off the album Safe Space. Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. I am your host, Ken M. Joining me in the studio, holding down the boards, though he's not jumping on the microphone just yet, but he is in the building. His name is Padawan J. But fear not, because we have a special co-host for a special guest. Our co-host, you know him. He is an ODPH favorite. His episode is still reigning defending most downloaded episode in odph history from the band floodlands which the album sea of sarin is in stores now or wherever you find your music if you don't have it in your collection step your game up and get it now ladies and gentlemen give it up for the one and only jimmy gazdick thanks man thanks for having me back oh thank you i'm for excited co- for this one I- i'm Ooh. super excited you could make it in here and i'm super excited for our guest that is in studio this has been a band that we've been keeping our eye on for a while. They've been interacting with us on our social media accounts, which you can find on OchoDuroParleyHour.com. They have a big tour going on in February, starting February 13th. Brady's Pub in Elmira, New York with Tom Jolu. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the ODPH, Tyler Reed from Second Suitor. Tyler, what's going on? Hello. Thank you for having me. Not too much. Um, I'm so excited right now. I've 
don't think I've ever done a podcast, and this is awesome. It's a place I'm allowed to talk for forever, and I don't feel like I can be as annoying. It's great. Annoying? Never. No. The more <laughs> you can talk, the better it is. So join in the conversation on social media. You can hit us up on ochoduroparlayar.com and join in on the social media links. And let's do the hashtag, hashtag second suitor, spell it out, S-E-C-O-N-D. So going in with this, Tyler, why don't we get a little introduction of who you are and what you bring into the table. So growing up, where you're from Binghamton. Yes, sir. What kind of music were you growing up listening to? I was growing up listening to a lot of kind of butt rock on the radio. I grew up with a lot of like Van Halen from my dad, for sure. My dad has one tattoo, and it's just the Van Halen logo. Oh, my gosh. So a lot of like old That's rock awesome. and roll. And then <laughs> and then my dad introduced me to like Green Day. And then from there, I kind of just went off into the, like the punk, pop punk world. And I mean, yeah, I'm... I love music, so I can listen to pretty much anything. So it's just kind of growing up and, and such. You get introduced to Van Halen. Was the album 84? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, my bad. Yeah, no, no worries. <laughs> no. So growing up, you'd listen to that, and then you get hooked on Green Day. What, I'm guessing Dookie. Oh, every, yeah. Dookie, he had Dookie and Insomniac were the two CDs my dad had, mm. and I stole them <laughs> from him. And I kept them in my room for like a year and a half before he realized they were gone. See yeah. that that is incredible because that is almost like Green Day is almost the gateway into like punk rock. Hundred percent, and they were absolutely the gateway for me into this world, and I will forever hold a, hold them in my heart for that reason. Oh yeah, because when they blew up, and I remember that album when that came out, that just dominated everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. And just really turned a lot of people to punk rock, and just kind of give an intro because I know their independent stuff is always I always think is a little better than Dookie personally. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion. Like, Chrissy Road is, like, my favorite Green Day oh, song. And, like, very few people, when I say that, are like, which album is that off of? I'm like, Dude, yeah. I love Chrissy Road. That song is so much fun to play, too. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And then just going into that, you kind of get a little more exposed into, like, punk rock. And, and just, you know, what do you think gravitated you towards that? I don't know. It was just, it was different. It, it felt younger. Because I was a kid, you know, listening to music. And, you know, like, Van Halen was my dad's. And I, I kind of, so like, that's my dad's band. Yeah. I loved it, but it was, like, it was always his. And I was like... I need my band. And Green Day was just like, okay, this is this is me. I love this. I feel something when I listen to it. I want to just rock out in front of a mirror in my bedroom, just playing my air guitar. And yeah, I don't know. I just really gravitated towards them. And I think because of them, like I, I'm still in a band today because getting to see them when they played at Binghamton University in 2005, that was my first concert. And I, Oh my gosh, really? That was my very first concert. I was in seventh grade. And my dad took me. I think it was a Thursday night. And uh, My Chemical Romance opened. Nice. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. And so my first concert experience is seeing My Chemical Romance and Green Day, right when Three Cheers came out and when American Idiot was Ooh. out. <laughs> yeah. So I, I went to school that next day, and I was like, yeah, I love football still, but I want to I wanna be in a band for forever because this is the coolest thing in the world. That's such a gateway concert to get into. And I, I completely forgot My Chemical Romance opened for him because yeah. I, I everybody was always like, oh, well, Green Day was here. And, I, like, uh, and it was a big deal. Like If you're outside the 607, it was a very big deal for them to come here. Yes, 100%. Because they played our, our um, arena for a, a while, but them coming into Binghamton University was a huge deal. This right after American Idiot was out. No, yeah, American Idiot had just come out, and I was in a sophomore in high school, and I remember a couple of my friends, older than me and in the same uh, grade as me, went to go see that show, and they and a lot of them were very well-versed in the you know discography of Green Day, you know the indie stuff and the, and the published stuff. And I remember one of my friends coming into school the next day, and I was like, oh, so how was the concert? He's like, oh, God, it was amazing. He goes, and the funniest thing happened. I go, what's that? He goes, well, they opened with American Idiot. I go, yeah. And he goes, and the place goes nuts. He goes, and then they play one of their older stuff, and half the arena doesn't know what's going on. 
Yeah, I, I can yeah. only imagine how that is because, I mean, at that time when American Idiot came out, and that was like the resurgence one too. Because yeah. after Dookie, they, I'm not saying they fell off because they, they never fell off, but it was less pop culture. Yeah. Yeah. It was less less like radio, f- not friendly, but it wasn't as like mass appeal as like Dookie was. I really sure. liked Warning though. <laughs> I did guilty too. Oh, pleasure. 100%. Yeah, I don't think any of their albums are bad. No. I, I, I can't stand people like, oh, I don't like American Idiot. Like, it's. Dude, it's great music. Just enjoy it. Like, absolutely. shut up and rock out. <laughs> Have fun. No, absolutely. So right there, you had your moment. Okay, I'm seeing the the rock star life right here. All the music is influencing me. I love football, but music is my passion. That's where I'm going. Yeah, pretty much. So right then and there, where you're starting to uh, learn about playing music, or how did you kind of roll in, roll that out further? Well. Honestly, I, I had been taking guitar lessons for a couple months or even weeks when I saw Green Day for the first time. And at that point, I was just like, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, this is cool. This is like a lot of work. I'm a kid. I want to go run around with my friends. Yeah. And then I saw Green Day. And it had nothing to do with like, a, oh, I want fame. I want money. I want girls. No. Like, it was like, what a spectacle. Like, these dudes are putting on a show right now like they don't care how much they're making who they're having fun they are enjoying it and that's what i want you know i love just being on stage with my band it's so much fun i get to just play my songs and the fact that anyone listens is crazy to me so i i just love to play i love to have fun and green day taught me that you know yeah what was your first instrument then uh that you owned the first instrument I owned was a guitar. I think it was like a first act guitar that was like from Walmart. It okay. was like one of those $30 ones that don't tune. Okay. And I had that for about like a month or two learning on that. And it was just like, it's, it's almost more discouraging because you can't get it right because it's impossible. <laughs> but yeah, then um, once I stuck with guitar for long enough, my parents bought me an electric guitar and play that thing until my fingers would bleed <laughs> what, what kind it. was it a fender it, or les paul or? it was an ibanez ironic, okay which was it's a, not a very typical first right. guitar no <laughs> and i i'm not a big gear freak kind of person and i still to this day i'm not very knowledgeable on like my gear but luckily i have james in my band because james is very good with knowing what i'm doing but um it was a green sparkly ibanez and that's what drew me to it it was sparkly and green it was like that's that's mine i need that and I love that thing. Nice. Do you still have that? I don't. Oh, man. I, I, have, I think it was left. One of, like, my high school bands who that never were a band band, like, I left it at one of the members' house, and he scrapped it or sold it or something. Oh, man. I know. That was such a bummer. But I still I still remember vividly what it looks like. Yeah, so that's cool, though, man. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so right from there, you're now playing music, and at one point did you go, okay, I'm playing music, but let's get a band going. Almost instantly. Like, I I was the kind of kid, like, I'll pick up my guitar and play for anyone. And in high school, it was tough because a lot of the kids in... I went to Binghamton, and a lot of the kids were still, like, already in bands or they didn't really care. And I wasn't really, like, a popular kid or anything. So, it's like, hey, join my band. A lot of people were like, I don't know you. But just through going to local shows and meeting people and, you know, seeing other bands play, I got to meet more friends and got... People from like Montrose, like my good friends, like Pat Bear, Matt Rucker, would we'd all play in a band called the Heisman Hopefuls together, and and that was like my high school band. It was just so much fun. We had no idea what we were doing, still don't, but I don't know. We all just loved it. Was 
it was being young and stupid and not giving a shit. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, that being said, what was your first local show? Do you remember who was at? My first local show was at East Coast Terminal Skate Park. I think I was in eighth grade. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was um, it was pumpkin pie, and actually, Ooh. ironically enough, my cousin Sean Carr took me to that. That's awesome. Because he had a friend um in a band. I think they were called Robot Goes Here, and they played. And it was a pumpkin pie like Thanksgiving fest. It was like two yeah. stages. The Surlingtons actually played that. One. Okay, then yeah, I was there. I was gonna say That's Jimmy. Know, Jimmy knows all about the East That's Coast Terminal. Yeah, that was my very first concert cool. or local show that I ever went to. That's really cool. I think too the the bands weren't even on the stage. They were just on like the front, yeah. like side to side. Yep, you're yep. right. Yeah. So what an experience for that. So now you're seeing that can be done locally. You've seen, I mean, Tale of Two shows, though. I mean, Green Day is one thing, and that's obviously a day and night difference from going to local. But now that you're playing out, you're seeing local, you're meeting local friends that are now doing the same thing you want to do. Yeah. So, I mean, how inspiring is that? It's even more inspiring because, like, it's Green Day was like the introduction. Like, okay, people can do this. And then seeing, like, my friends and, you know, people I go to school with doing it, like, oh, shit, like anyone can do this. Like, my friends are doing this. I can do this. And I just started, you know, meeting friends at the shows and kind of when my bands with two members would fall apart, I'd get another member from a different band and we'd all just kind of play in each other's bands for a while. And, you know, people come and go in the music scene, as you know, but, you know, there's always a good handful that stuck through and stuck with it and keep playing. And, those are always the people we were kind of in each other's bands in high school with, you know? Those are my friends who are still doing music today. Right on. So would you say that from that point on, get into your first band? I mean, how long was that, the history of that, you say? Um, the first band I had lasted uh, longer than it should have, probably. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I believe... There's gonna there was probably a couple bands before my first actual band like that we never played a show or anything. Alright, well, like, so we'll, we'll just kinda of word it that okay, the first one you went to a show with. Okay, the first band I played a show with, um we were all completely different people at our schools. Like we our our drummer was a was one of the uh this girl who played like in like the choirs and like the like the jazz ensembles and stuff. You had me, who was just like, oh, American Idiot, we're playing Green Day songs. <laughs> and, like, our bass player, like, nothing but, like, I don't think, like, typo negative and just out there kind of stuff and <laughs> darker and deeper. And, and then we had another guitarist who was just, like, all angels and airwaves. So we were – that, that, that is young a very of, eclectic At that mix. young That's of age, cool, too, though. not <laughs> any of us could, like – so all of our songs, songs probably sounded like just – absolute nonsense because we're all trying to make them sound like our favorite bands but i remember our first show was at like uh, a backyard barbecue and um we played with another local band called harappa who ended up becoming i am brave okay yeah and we played i think it was their singer's backyard and i'll remember the show forever because we're waiting outside out front after our set and someone drove by with a paintball gun just blasting the house oh, Jesus, it was man. one of the most horrifying experiences <laughs> ever but I'll never forget it. <laughs> I hate that that was the takeaway from my first show, but that's what I remember the most because my ex-girlfriend, I think, got hit, and I didn't. And oh, my God. <laughs> I, I could only envision Whoa, this. you live here. How random. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, at this point, how old are you? I'm like 14, 15 maybe. So you're 14, 15, and then just randomly somebody <laughs> pranks you and, and hits it with a paintball. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be thinking like, maybe this isn't meant for me. Yeah, I was like, does this happen all the time? <laughs> yeah. Like, but, but, and then, I mean, 
That was just a weird situation. I have no idea to this day, like, who did it or why. That That's, yeah, that's so random. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to envision this. Just, like, you're randomly and just somebody's pranking and shooting. Because I would assume it would be a prank to do that. Especially yeah, at a show. Because, like, even the show, like, I mean, no one gave a shit about my band. And I didn't expect them to. But I was still on this high. Like, oh, my God, I just played a show with my friends. This is awesome. And then... What the fuck am I getting <laughs> shot at for? So, so at this point, are you rethinking it, or you're like, nope, on to the next one. I want to get this on to the memory, next one. This Let's, memory, I gotta get this taste out of my. I know it's gonna get better, and it did. Yeah, it, <laughs> well, I would say because you don't really hear about too many paintball incidents yeah, happening at shows. We, yeah, no more of that at shows. <laughs> yeah, please no. I one and done at least. I don't think we've ever had a paintball incident since. So we'll we'll take it. <laughs> I'm knocking on wood right now for it. So from there, you're going out with the first band and just kind of starting to play around, obviously starting like parties and, and backyards and, and such like that. Oh, yeah. Like the garages of your friend's house whose parents aren't home kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, be, but that's how good. That's how like the best shows start. Dude, the, some of the best shows are like 10 kids who you're just best friends with all just not giving a shit about anything outside of the four walls you're in, just screaming at the top of your lungs, grabbing your friend around the neck and just just feeling alive. I feel like a lot of kids need that. And we're so enthralled with our devices. I'm so guilty too, but it's like, even at shows, like put it down for a couple songs, man. Just be in that moment and feel that, feel what everyone's feeling or try to at least. Yeah, no, I'm guilty of it too. Cause usually, oh, usually I'm, I'm, same I'm here. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah you, I'm so guilty, but it's like, I'm trying to make a conscious effort to be better about it, especially at shows. Like I don't need another I don't need a hundred pictures of a band. Like, what does it matter? Like, I just want to be here. I want to sing these songs. I want to feel this moment because I've been looking forward to it for so long. But I think we're all uh, conditioned to feel like we're going to lose this moment if we don't take every picture of it and every video of it. We're never going to remember it. And it's like, I'd remember, I'd rather remember the feeling I had than the picture I saw. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm trying to make that effort to feel a little bit more at shows. Yeah, no, I try doing the same thing, too. Like, I'll usually try taping, like, a song. Like, if a band asks me to tape one for them, and I usually, like, I'll sit up there, and hopefully nobody knocks the phone out of my hand. (laughs) I was telling telling Tyler off air about uh, the first incident when I was at a Crimson show, and and, and a certain notable band that I will not name on here because I love them uh, knocked the phone out of my hand because they were running into the pit there. Classic. I know know what you're talking about. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Julian and company because they're amazing people. But I digress. (laughs) But that being said, though, it's like I try making a point now to experience it, too, because, I mean, that's something that and you touched upon a, a great point that everybody is so electronically attached these days that putting away the phone and not having to post everything with a hashtag up there is a little distracting and just going to a normal show where just everybody's there for the music just to have fun and just enjoy the time you're in. I mean, it's something that I'd like to see come back a little more. And like I say, I just usually take one song and then phone is away. Yeah. No. And like, I'm not, I'm not saying don't take the picture or don't take the video, but know when to put it away. You know what I mean? Like, and like be there for the show. Don't be there for the, the likes after the show. You know what I mean? Like who, no one cares about the post. Like let's, let's enjoy the moment. Let's get, let's get there first. You know, like everyone's so quick to like, I got to capture this for forever. Do it a hundred percent. But like. Let's feel that moment. Let's live that moment, not just watch it through your phone, you know? Yeah. Jimmy, so. you kind of concur with that? Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, when I don't know. When uh, when I saw the Misfits, I, I it was, like, kind of in my mind a once-in-a-lifetime uh, opportunity at Madison Square Garden. I filmed two songs, but 
I just wanted to live in that moment. So I know exactly like what you're talking about. Like, yeah. Especially a show like that. But even local shows, though, like, you know, you should be there to support the bands and um, buy merch and do all, you know, just it. Just be me, a fan. Yeah. Like to me, yeah. like it means so much more when somebody like comes up to you after and says, wow, I really like what you're doing in this song or that song instead of just standing there and videotaping it like it's nice too but like i think uh it crosses over much better though when people actually are there and pay attention to the music yeah absolutely so i mean obviously at this time though as as we're talking timeline wise not really that much of a problem with the cell phones just more duck and paintball shots yeah yeah, pretty much (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so going from there, though, going on to the second show. So this first band that you're in is, I'll say, one of the most eclectic mixes of, of, oh, yeah. of sounds I, I think I've heard. 100%. Typo negative and Angels and Airways alone. <laughs> I mean, I'm just. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm just, I just have this weird vision of Peter Steele playing a Blink-182 song. Like, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I know I'm going to get crucified on I that. I don't for, think it would I'm work. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't either. I, I never want to hear that mix up ever. <laughs> never. Just saying. So going from there, the first band kind of went for a little longer than you said you should have, and then just kind of transitioned, okay, this didn't work out, I want to do something similar, went on to the next project. Yeah, basically. And I think that's kind of my problem in life, too, is I let things go for too long sometimes before they should die. Like, uh, when I was in a band, Lila Ignite, like, Lila Ignite was great. We had so much fun. We were a band for, like, six years, but we probably should have ended around, like, year four and a half-ish. You know what I mean? But, like... I'm the kind of person where if I'm committed to something, like, I'm not going to let it die. And I'm going to work and put everything into it and keep going and keep going. And now with Suter, though, it's just it feels so much different and easier to put everything into it. And we've only been a band for, like, two, little over two years now. And just everything we've been able to do in such a short time has been just crazy for us, honestly. I never thought we'd play 69 shows in our second year as a band. Like, that's that's insane, especially while all of us were working, too. That that that's yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. But let me let me touch back on something you said though. Yeah. Because from the bands that you've been starting in, when did you start up with Lila Ignite? Lila. So every time a band of mine was gonna like break up, I would and I knew they were gonna break up. I would start my next band because I can't not do this. Like, okay. That's like a, a. I can't not be doing this. I've never taken time off completely from a band ever. What would you say is your longest break? Of not being in a band. Yep. Hasn't happened since high school. Oh wow! I I, I need this. <laughs> no no no. Fair enough. Just just to paint the picture. So here. it's like when um so when my, like so I was in a band. My high school band, really the Heisman Hopefuls, was like my my fun high school band when we were all you know friends from different areas and whatnot. The night I learned that we were gonna break up, I started Lilac Night. Okay. Not even as as Lilac Night, but like I'm like, okay, I have songs. Planted the seed. <laughs> planted the seed right then and there. Like I, I'm like, all right, cool. On to the next. And then from Lila, I mean, what would you describe the sound of Lila for our listeners that are not familiar? Lila Ignite was a little angsty punk rock, but also kind of like warm, say anything type lovey ballady songs too it was weird we were kind of angry and in love and angry at the same uh-huh. time <laughs> it's, it's kind of weird no no sometimes it happens i mean just to be versatile like that yeah yes i, w- I would say we were very just a visceral gut like blah, punk rock kind of thing like just very energetic let's bounce around for forever and we're all gonna did, get cardio did you write more of the ballad kind of stuff or i wrote 
pretty much everything. Oh, cool. Tom wrote a few songs for Lila Ignite. Um, he wrote a few riffs as well. I'm I've in most of my bands I've pretty much been like the songwriter, and oh, okay. I don't know why. It's just it's how I work best for me. I've, yeah. I've I've never been person to like. You don't collaborate much. I, I'm not good at it. I don't <laughs> okay. like to. I there's something about the music I play. It's just like I love. I'm a very like awkward, socially anxious, introvert kind of person. And yeah. for me, <laughs> this is getting everything in my life out. Like this is getting all of my pent up thoughts, feelings, anything out. And I don't know why. I, I feel like I just. I need to be that. I need to be the songwriter. Nothing wrong with that. And which for is sure. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's so much fun. Like, but at the same time, like being in a band with like Micah and James and even the Lila guys, like everyone kind of knew that, but would still kind of put their flavor in what they sure. do, which I love. Yeah, I'm not definitely. trying to stifle anyone else's creative outlet or what they love to do. But if you're the one that really feels the most passionate about it, that's what you want to bring to the table. But let's kind of like deep dive into Lila Ignite though uh, for our listeners. Sure. At this time, when did it start? Um, Lila Ignite started, I was out of high school, I know that, so I'd say around 2012-ish? Okay. Yeah, I'd say 2012-13-ish, because, yes, yeah, because yeah, we lasted around five, six years as a band. So who was all in this band? Um, Lila Ignite consisted of me, um, my great friend Tom Lewis, who is pretty much the band Tom Joe Lou from Binghamton. Okay. Um, John Shackleton was on drums, and he is now um, the bass player in Head Splitter, which is really I – mean, um, he's the bass player in Coasting on Potential, and he plays guitar in Head Splitter. Nice. Yeah, he's oh, in wow. – yeah, he's in – I just saw both of them recently. That's why I got him all confused because I'm like, wait, what instrument did he play? Okay. <laughs> and then um, Adam Simmons – no, not Adam Simmons. Adam Metzer. Sorry, Adam Simmons is our friend in Florida. Adam Metzer played in Lila Ignite, and um, – Adam was the one I was telling you guys that um, he posted on my Facebook, I think, yesterday about how, like, if uh, he's like, how are people, like, not fascinated by dinosaurs? Like, they're like giant lizards that were taken out by space. Like, what is not – where did we lose you in that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so it, me and all the Lila guys are still great friends. I love them all dearly. And it's so much fun, like – we get to tour with Tom Jolu next month, so we get to play music together still. And, and especially for being in a band for six years, as you said. Yeah. I you mean, know, and, and you guys toured not just locally here in the 607. You guys went up and down the East Coast. And, I mean, where were some of the spots you hit? Yeah, Lila toured everywhere. We flew down to Florida. Um, we, we hit Texas a couple times, which was so much fun. Texas is one of my favorite states to play, and I've suitors yet to go there. But um, Lila had a blast. We went out there once with Keep Flying. Okay. Uh, I think it was the very first Keep Flying tour, which was which was cool because I, I think uh, Lila Ignite was on either the last or one of the last Survey Says tours. Okay. And then that Survey Says turned into Keep Flying, and we were on, I think, one of the first or second of the Keep Flying tours, which was really cool. I don't know why. I think that's just a cool little stat. Like, oh, we were no, on no, the last def- and the first kind of definitely thing. Definitely is. Now, was this your first real touring outside of New York? Um, it was the best touring outside of New York Okay, up to that point for sure. Because I, I mean, getting to go out with bands was so much fun. It was something we really didn't do a lot of until later on in Lila because I mean, we really didn't know what we were doing. We were, and we still don't. We just like, oh, let's book shows. Let's just message and see what we can do it on our own, which is still what we do. I mean, we're just trying to get better at it. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. But just going out, especially from being a young age, just going out and seeing the world. Oh, it's the, it's the best, you know, like being 
20 something years old and just not giving a shit about anything <laughs> other than getting to the show, getting enough gas, getting, you know, getting a little bit of money from the gig and getting to the next place. That's all it is, man. And I love the free it. beer. <laughs> no, See, I don't drink. <laughs> oh, okay. Which Nothing is, wrong which with is, that. <laughs> which is crazy. Like, mm-hmm. a, a bartenders look at me so strange sometimes where I'm like, can I get a water? They're like, you're, you're in the band. Like, Nothing yeah, wrong no. with that. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't discourage it in yeah. any way, shape, or form. Yeah, but just to go out, especially, like I say, going to different cities. And how would you describe the crowds? Like, everybody know who you were? Or oh, God, no. Oh, absolutely okay. not. No one knew who we were. It was awesome, though. I don't see. I don't mind that. I like kind of playing to new audiences too. It's uh ah, I keep turning. Da. No, that's all right. Just make sure it sounds <laughs> coming through good. No worries. Uh, absolutely, but no, I, I, no one really knew who we were at any of these shows, which was okay. I mean, we'd have a few friends here and there, like, oh, we used to know, used to live in New York. That's awesome. But it was fun to get out into the world and just see these different venues that were not basements in Binghamton and not the what we saw every other weekend. It's just. It's so much fun to see how different music scenes work and operate and how different music venues are. It's just, it's all learning and it's all a great experience for the most part. And I, I, for me, music is my ticket to see the world. Honestly, it's what's gotten me out of Binghamton and to see cool places all over the country. I got a quick question. When we were talking off air, you were talking about that venue with the garage and the camper? Yes. Where was that? Dude, that was in Corning. <laughs> oh, was it Corning, really? New York. Wow. Um, <laughs> the band Breakfast for Dinner. Oh, Oh, okay. my God. Yeah, they're playing. They're actually playing at Galaxy uh, this weekend. Oh, nice. With, uh, yeah, with Choose Not to Choose and Shout at the Robots. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah Both they great had, bands. All of them are great bands. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for that show. But it's conflicting because wrestling's also Saturday yeah. night. <laughs> Saturday night, there's so much going on. We there, were talking about this off air. There's so much going on in the 607 Saturday night. It's oh, crazy. Yeah. yeah, we don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? Are you guys going to go to wrestling? Are you going to go to the show? Or are you going to try to swing both? I, I might try to do both because yeah. the wrestling ends at 9, so I think the show would still be going on. I think <laughs> that's probably the best option. <laughs> yeah. That might work out. Well, I, I'm about I, it. Well, of course you got to see your cousin. <laughs> I know it's, it's conflicting because I want to see Sean wrestle, but I also want to see James play. Yeah. It's like, what do I do? Well, according to Three FN uh, Three Fat Nerds podcast, I guess I'm the owner of Excite, so I have to go to Excite. <laughs> All right, we will see you there. <laughs> that's what that's what I've been told. Uh, you have to go obviously listen to their programming. They'll be able to deep dive about that because I'm just learning about this. So I, I have to go there first. Shout out to Johnny Moose and everybody at Team Excite. Well, I'm going to try hitting both. Like that's going to be the goal. Yeah. So we'll see if it Mine happens. Too. <laughs> well, if you're the owner of Excite, I have to apologize for sneaking into so many shows when you oh, were we'll be talking Katie. about that later in the show <laughs> but but going in with that though i mean like you say just with the different shows and seeing the different areas and the different music scenes and just getting all that knowledge and bringing that back with you and especially for going into towns that don't know who you are at this stage and winning them over i mean just going on the live show and then having people come up to you after and saying like yo where's your merch i need to buy i need to get involved how is that feeling like how would you describe that best in the world man it's so cool being away from home where no one knows you are knows who you are and when you win that show and you know you won like when you know when you, you have your best merch night and you're you know a thousand miles away from home and it's just so much fun it's so cool to be like you know what I am good enough I can do this this is fucking cool man and it's just I'm so appreciative of those experiences you know it's so much fun now like to go back down to Florida to play and some people like have our shirts and they wear them to shows it's like oh my god like that's that's the craziest shit in the world to me like I love that it makes me feel so happy and you know not that I look for validation from 
anyone because I do this because it's what I love to do. But it's it's extremely, you know, satisfying and feels so fucking awesome. Like we're doing something right when people, you know, show up to our shows wearing shirts and we sell a crap load at shows and people are just into the show. It's just so much fun. It means so much to see that and to feel that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can only imagine, especially when you play multiple states like different times, like just going back and, and seeing how that is. Yeah. And just seeing the crowds getting bigger and then people know where your songs are. I mean, that's that for me has to be like the biggest trip to go down because especially you go down there, nobody knows who you are. Like we're just going to use like Florida, for example. Yeah. And you go there, you put on a killer set, you you obviously do your thing on stage. And then the next show you come back down and you see people wearing the shirts, people singing the songs. How is that? I mean, it could it could be a person, and it's still just like, oh my god, like that person remembers, like that. It, to me, that shows like we did something right to where that person came back and saw us again, and it's happened a couple times, and it's like, oh my god, like, and we you make that connection with that person, and for us, it's like we're I'm probably super annoying about it. I'm like, oh my god, like you're here again, like that's crazy, like thank you so much for coming to the show, like I want to be your friend, like it's I just love that, and it just it. It genuinely just makes me so happy that anyone believes in this weird ass wacky band of ours. You know, it's it means the world to me. Yeah, especially for you say Lila lasted six years. I mean, how many albums did you guys put out? Lila put out, I believe, three or four. Like three and one EP. I think yeah, something like that. Because we had the long not punk rock was like twenty songs or something like that. But yeah, I think three three albums and an EP, something like that. Okay, and then just you said about year four, it was kind of like. Felt the change in, in you. You could feel it. I th- I think that was the point where like Tom was starting Tom Jolu a little bit more seriously, which was awesome for him. John was kind of going off and doing other bands and whatnot, and Adam was kind of at a point where he was just kind of you know going through stuff in his life, and you could kind of feel everyone being a little detached from it, which it, it sucked because I'm a kind of person like I have a I don't. I don't do side projects. Like I am when I'm in something, it's my it's I'm in it wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it 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 sucked at the time to kind of feel everyone breaking away because it was it almost felt like all three of my friends were breaking up with me at the same time. I was like, oh, this sucks. Oh man. But like, well, especially even, but, going on tour and, and just bonding like that. I mean, yeah. it becomes like fa- like a second family. Absolutely, and it does. It is a second family, and that's that's like uh, the band Patent Pending. They have an album, Second Family, and it's just it's you know it's that vibe. And that's what the music world creates is that second family. And so it sucked to, like, feel that. But it wasn't, like, my friends doing anything out of malice or trying to hurt me. It's just understanding now. It's like, you know, we're all at that point where we needed to walk away from it. And I just I, – I almost wish we would have realized it a little bit sooner because I feel like we all could have jumped into our current projects a little – with a little bit more all-around support from each other. Mm-hmm. But where we all are now, I'm so happy and thrilled with. Like, we're all great friends still. I, you know, I, I, I talk, me and, we're going on tour with Tom next month. I think John is filling in for a suitor for drums <laughs> for a weekender in March. And, um, yeah, I just told you the Adam post that he made on my wall about dinosaurs the other day. And we all just, we're all just still really great friends and I, I will forever appreciate those guys. And that's what you have to really say is a true testament of, of a band is, yeah, you hear about so many stories about when bands break up and it's like like toxic and visceral and just like yeah and like just the worst case scenario but for you it, it sounded like this just not was a i don't want to say a blessing in disguise because that's not the right words but just the fact that you all remain friends and still good friends and still 
being able to say, okay, that was one chapter, and now we've all kind of grown in our different ways, but we still have respect for everything going on. That's, like, really remarkable to hear. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. You know, like, it's crazy to me. Like, I've heard local stories of bands getting, like, fistfights with each other. I'm like, I would – I'd never want to hurt Tom or John or Adam (laughs) or anyone or Micah or James. Like, I don't want to punch you. Like – not, I mean, I might say I want to, but like, I don't actually want to. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't have to worry I, about like a steel cage match down at the X or something. I would <laughs> rather do that, honestly. I, I'm just going to say, I, I have a, I'm willing to bet money that me and Tom Joe Lou could put on a show in the wrestling ring. Well, I'll have to talk to Johnny Moose I'd like about to that. See oh, I thought, you were the, I thought you were the owner. Well, <laughs> I, like I said, like, like if you listen to 3FN, they say I am every week. So that's why I'm just saying, like, it, like we'll have to see what we can book this. I mean, I mean I'll mean, i talk I'll talk to Moose. Yeah, yeah. Se- that's it. Second suitor versus Tom Jolu cage match. Oh, uh, we'll have to see about making that Let's happen. Let's make it happen. <laughs> but why don't we do this now, since we kind of talked about the ending of Lilac Night. Obviously, you're on to a brand new project with Second Suitor. But let's sneak in some Second Suitor music here and take a quick break. Obviously, join in the conversation on social media accounts. You can find the ODPH accounts on ochoduroparleyhour.com and remember to use the hashtag second suitor spell it out s-e-c-o-n-d so let's go with get it off the album safe space you are listening to the odph podcast
That was Get It Off Safe Space. You are listening to a special edition of the ODPH podcast with special co-host Jimmy Gazzik from Floodlands in studio. And our guest of honor for this episode, Tyler Reed from Second Suitor. That's me. So (laughs) Tyler was breaking down in the first segment about growing up and his different influences and what ultimately became the band Lilac Night, which toured for or was together for six years touring and albums. And then it came to an end, and now we're in the transition phase where for the first time in a long time, you're not in a band. And what ultimately led to what your new project is? So, yeah, once once I knew that Lila was at its end, so every time any band of mine was breaking up and I knew we were breaking up, I would start my next band. Like I, I really, I can't not do this, so I'm always in a band. Um, so once I knew Lila was ending, um, I had a batch of songs that I had written probably for Lila. In all honesty, it was probably intended for Lila, but they never were Lila songs. And um, I drew. I went down to Philadelphia and recorded with my good friend Pat Bear. He um, he used to live above the venue, the Boot and Saddle in Philly, which is on Broad Street. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, he used to live like above it on like the top floor That's of awesome. his building. Yeah. So I we went down there and I recorded. Um, I think a five song little demo EP called "The Sky Is Falling Down." where I played every instrument on the EP, which is so, I, I've never played drums on any recording or say, in any know. band ever. <laughs> so how much of a challenge was that? It was horrifying, but I didn't give a shit because I, I had a chip on my shoulder. I was like, all right, if everyone's going to leave me, I'm going to do it on my own. And I was like, <laughs> fuck it. I'm just going to go. If it sucks, it sucks, but I'm going to try it. How DIY, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it was just like, I'm going to go for it. And honestly, to this day, like I can still listen to all, I think, one of the songs. And I'm like, okay, this is, I, I did okay. It was all right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I loved it. It was such a fun experience. And I yeah, I was definitely proud of myself. Because I was like, oh, wow, I, can, I, I did play drums and bass. And I did all the vocals and guitars. Like, this is crazy. But it was so much fun. Yeah, because at this stage, like I say, it's got to be such a transition phase, too, going, obviously, from being in a band where you're obviously taking in everybody's input to now this is just strictly you. Yeah. And just, like, how open you are to the world, just, like, this is what I want to do, this is my voice, hear it. Yeah. And it was scary during that first transition, too, because Lylan didn't have, like, a big send-off or anything. We just, we played our last shows, and... That was it. We weren't like, hey, we're, we're done. We're going to do a big bang. Or like, no, it was just like, we're done. Later. This is out. Cause, and we kind of wanted to do that in a way, too. Not out of, like, super, like, malice or spite towards anyone. But we, we all knew that we were going to be in different bands. And we were hoping people would catch on regardless to whatever we were doing. But we just wanted to, like, show people, like, appreciate what's around. Like, you never know when it's going to be over. Mm. And not that we felt like we were underappreciated or anything, because we didn't. We just wanted to have fun and play shows. But I, I I, think people were kind of upset with me doing Second Suitor so quickly. They're like, well, where's Lila? What happened to Lila? I'm like, well, you weren't there. Well, <laughs> so well, I don't know what to tell you. Well, you have to figure, <laughs> though, with being in a band for that long in six years, people know, and you build an audience, obviously, yeah. doing that. So to just quit abruptly to what you know fans would think to just be jumping in a second band i mean there's gotta be like the shock factor yeah i mean i guess to us it didn't feel as abruptly because to us it was kind of fizzling out regardless so for me to jump into a new project i was like okay let's see what happens because this was the first time i put out something in six years that wasn't lila ignite 
And because at the time too, like Tom already had Joe Lou, John was in I think Head Splitter at the time, or maybe doing something different. And so they already had their established projects going. So for me, it was like I'm starting new. I'm starting from the very beginning again. And I don't know if people are going to be receptive to it because they're going to want Lila or it doesn't sound like Lila. And mm-hmm. what? Because to me, Suter doesn't sound like Lila at all. No, it definitely doesn't. Like from hearing both, it, it, it's definitely. I, I want to say it's just a different vein. Like, yeah. like, like you can definitely hear the more pop punk in in Suter than you did in Lila. Yeah, and that's not an insult by any way. No, it was I, just like you can just definitely hear it. Um, I just got a quick question: Would you ever be open to a Lila um, reunion show? And would would the other band members, if you, so, if you wanted that? Um, but, yes, I I pitched an idea. We weren't able to do it, but I pitched a crazy idea. Yeah. Involving the X too, the wrestling facility. I haven't seen this paperwork oh, yet. Nice. <laughs> so, so Lila Ignite had a song called "Hey George Washington." We re-recorded a music video in the Excite ring with Sean Carr, um, nice. Axel Lennox, uh, Austin Molinari, Joey Sassano. Like these guys were acted as like the old, uh, the founding fathers, and we wrestled them in the music video. Oh wow! That's so it was awesome. part of our music video. So I had I pitched an idea to Sean for. We used to run an event every year called Halloween for Christmas, where we would just do Halloween for Christmas, exactly what it sounds like. I wanted to do it at the X, but I wanted to do, like, Second Suitor, Tom Jolu, Head Splitter, and Lila Ignite. But in between, That's a great idea. But in between each band's having wrestling. Cool. But also before Lila Ignite's set having a wrestling rematch between Lila Ignite and the presidents from the George Washington video again. <laughs> that was my whole it. story pitch. We weren't able to do it, obviously, because yeah. I was like, hey, can we pull this off in like three weeks? And it was like, no, you're fucking stupid. Of course we can't. <laughs> but I loved that idea, and I'm not opposed to doing something like that at cool, some point. Cool, man. That, but, that's but, good to know. <laughs> but I will say Lila probably would never reunite as a full-time thing. But we, I would not put it past us to do at least maybe one show at some yeah, point. Yeah, just maybe a reunion show yeah, or so. <laughs> something like that. Cool. No, that's awesome. That's, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm fully now aboard with this idea of doing it at the X. Yeah, that makes it sound way cooler, doesn't <laughs> it? Yeah, that, you know, like I'm just envisioning this, and like I said, I'll, I'll have to – I mean, I guess I could sign off on this allegedly, but I, – I, <laughs> I know, I, Mr. Yeah. Owner. Yeah, I know. Like I said, I just – found this mess. well buddy we'll have to see <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so that being said oh man we're having too much fun on this one that was too oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah uh so we're going into this and obviously with second suitor now you put out the first ep and what would you say is the reaction now to this um the reaction to the first ep was i feel like people were hesitant at first because it wasn't lila and I, I kind of expected people to be hesitant. I knew some people were going to listen to it and at least give it a shot. But also, Lila was at a level where we had just recorded at, like, not a recording studios. We had put out, like, a really polished EP. And then I'm like, hey, here's five songs that I played every instrument on at my buddy's upstairs, you know, loft. Like, Oh, yeah, but you see that a lot, though. I mean, the one that comes to mind for me is, like, you, some of Linkin Park's early stuff. Yeah. Compared to some of their stuff in the middle. Very different, and people very hesitant when it was first coming out, but they eventually turned on to it. Very true. So, and that's kind of what I think is, even right now is kind of starting to happen with Suter, is, like, people are like, oh, yeah, like, I can listen to it. Like, it's cool. Yeah. Like, Lila's gone, but it's okay, because Suter's around now. You always want to grow as a musician, too, and it sounds like you have, like, through your... New, newer songwriting. Thank you. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Definitely. And 
I don't know. Like, I, one thing I pride myself on is, like, I feel like I've never really changed who I was. I've just evolved as a musician, as a songwriter. Yeah. But, like, even if you listen to old, like, Heisman Hopefuls, Lilac Night stuff, like, it's consistently me throughout all yeah. of it. But I've just grown up and, like... Totally. I don't know. I love where I'm at right now. I'm proud yeah. of the music I'm putting out. And I'm really excited to... To see it grow, it's it's been awesome. Yeah, it's all great stuff. Thank but you. I, absolutely, but I like um, I like seeing where you're going next. You know, forward. You know. Thank you, Jimmy. Absolutely. You're the, I'm so happy Jimmy's <laughs> here. Like I didn't know you were going to be here tonight. To be here, I know. Man. I was just like, was yeah, just, it was a surprise. Like, this was the cherry <laughs> on top of that Jimmy was. I'm here excited. Tonight. Man. I'm so stoked about it. So getting back on track here with this. So November 2017. This is when the EP "The Sky Is Falling Down" comes out. Yes. And like I say. Ex- or Lila fans were really kind of taken back, but just as time grew on, just everybody really started getting into the new sound and, and what you're presenting. Yeah, I think once, so when Suter started too, I had no lineup. I was just like, okay, if we're going to ever play shows, it's just going to be friends from other bands filling in. And that's what it was for probably the first half of the first year was just me finding friends who were available. Like, I remember one weekend specifically, I drove town to Philadelphia and played a show on a Friday night, and um, both Pete and Aaron from the band Above the Mendoza played drums and bass for me. And then the very next night, I drove up to Syracuse, and John Shackleton from Lila and Nate Pexson from Coasting played drums and bass for me the next night. Oh, wow. That's so awesome. I was literally <laughs> just like, whoever was around and available, like, all right, you're my band. And then... Um, Great band from Buffalo, New York called Kill the Clock offered us to go out on tour with them for a five-day run up in the Northeast. And it was – we never had toured yet as Suter. And I I reached out, I think, originally to Micah. He was in Hillcrest at the time. Oh, yeah. Great band. Great band. I know I love Hillcrest. Yeah, me too. That was so much fun band. But um, Micah was originally supposed to play bass for a tour for Suter. And he was like, I know, like, James is in Hillcrest right now. He can play drums. And they ended up, Micah, like, switched they it. They switched. Like, they did. <laughs> Micah was like, I think I want to play drums. And James was like, I think I'd be better on bass than that. Cool. And we <laughs> practiced twice, went on tour with Kill the Clock. And when we got home from that tour was when Safe Space was released. It was our release show. Sweet. And from there, I kind of just stole Micah and James. And I feel like we They're have both. grown so much tighter together. And oh, yeah. They're we don't both suck great nearly musicians. as bad. Oh, dude. You know how awful it is to be the weak link in your own band? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Micah and James will talk and like go into like theory. And I'm just like, yeah. you are speaking in hieroglyphics to me right now. I, <laughs> I have no idea what's I, happening. I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I absolutely adore both Micah yeah. and James. And I'm very happy that uh, it worked out how it worked out where Micah's on drums and James is on bass. Oh, definitely. I love the dynamic we all have as a three-piece. Are they both full-time members? Yeah. They okay. are basically it never was intended to have any full time members other than me and Second Suitor, but once we did that first tour, I was like, Oh, I'm keeping you. Like Sweet. you're not going anywhere. <laughs> well it's just you know that That's moment awesome. when you're playing and it just gels and it's just like it's like the right fit. Like I always say like with our podcast, like when we had a coach Duffy and he just kinda came in and we weren't really planning at the time is just doing a guest spot and he just knocked it out of the park so much it was like do you want to stay on and, and do the show? And he was like, hell yeah. And then, <laughs> nice. you know, now here we are. So, like, I fully get that. It's just, you know, you go out, and especially from doing it on your own to start out with, you know, the sky is falling down to do the AP, and then to go into, you know, safe space where you're looking about, like, if I'm doing my math right, like almost like a year and a half later. Yeah, almost. And then just to have, you know, Micah and James just jump on 
and just you feel it gelling and just here you are and just how tighter you're getting the sound and just going out and you know presenting everything with it is just i mean how just how much of a relief that's got to be oh my god it's so much fun and like i just i remember being on that tour and like the first few shows were rough like we really weren't tight at all and we <laughs> yeah. knew it but i remember there was a show we played the day before binghamton which was the hometown release show we played in syracuse and we like made it a point like in the parking lot before us that like this is like this is the turning point either we're gonna be a kick ass band or you know we're gonna have to figure some shit out and we played the best set we had ever played up to that point in That's Syracuse awesome. and it was like okay like we're gonna fucking do this and like from that show on it was like all right it's 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 game on we know we can be a really good band like let's kick ass and I don't mean that in an arrogant way either just like I know like. Not like we're better than anyone, but it's like, all right, we know what we're doing. No, we can, we can yeah. kick ass. But Nothing wrong with wanting to bring quality to the table. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That's the thing. If you want to really drive this, and especially when music is your passion, just like anything you're passionate about, you want the best. Yeah. And if you know you can get it out, if you know that your team, you want them to be on your level, and this is where you challenge them, and this is where the cream rises, so to speak. This is where you go, okay, we have one chance to do this. Make the impression. If we're gonna be it, let's be it. If we're not, yep. so be it. And to rise up and do it, I yeah, mean, and just have that validation. I mean, that's gotta be the great feeling. It's it's unreal. I mean, I'm I'm ecstatic as to what we're doing and how it's grown so far. And I'm I hope it continues because I I absolutely love this band. I I know I say it in every band I'm ever in, but I truly hope like Scooter is my forever band because I I can't see myself doing anything else. I love. I love Micah, I love James, I love being this band with them, and I love living in a sweaty rental car <laughs> with them for weeks at a time. You'd be a you know? great forever band, oh, that's I for love. Sure. I, well, thank you. Definitely. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, do Micah and James, are they going to be on the recordings? Or is it still going to be you on every recording? So, um, great safe, question. Safe Space, yeah. Wow, Jimmy. <laughs> Damn. Um, no. Um, so Safe Space was actually just me and Scott Rasmussen, who recorded it, also played drums, bass, and a little bit of the guitar oh, cool. on Safe Space because he had a lot of cool ideas. Make see, I'm a very like, let me just plug in and rip. Like, was he in coasting? Um, oh. Scott was actually the original drummer for Lila Ignite. Oh, okay. And okay. I also should mention that Dan Congdon was also the original bassist for Lila Ignite. Dan Congdon's bounced around in a few bands in the area too. I think he's currently in Head Splitter now. Okay, but yeah, cool. shout out to Dan too because I don't want to leave him out. He was definitely yeah. in Lila Ignite and he was a big part of it for cool. like the half uh, three years he was in it. So, love Dan. Dan yeah. a- and I remember, too, because Dan actually messaged me, I think, last night, um, just making sure that my family was still having a Super Bowl party this year. He's like, you're having Super Bowl, right? Like, yeah, oh, nice. Over, <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Yes. But, um, yeah, I completely lost my train of thought thinking about yeah, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was just – that's fine, man. I was just asking if uh, Micah and James will ever be on any of uh, Second yes. Suitor records. So this – we actually are just about finished with a new EP that we recorded. Oh, okay. And Micah and Very James nice. <laughs> fully did their parts. They played drums. They played bass. There's backup vocals. Nice. And this is the first time Suitors had a real real combined effort on an EP. Awesome. Do and they add any of their flavor to the Oh, absolutely. I think the so record? tremendously, cool. which I'm so excited to have that brought out again. Like, I, I love... So on on The Sky is Falling Down, which is the one that I did every instrument on, there's one song on it called Optimist Adjacent. And on this new EP, we re-recorded it. I've never re-recorded any song I've ever been in with any band. And 
is, is I, probably my favorite one so far. It just sounds so much different, so much bigger than the original. Sweet. Like, I'm super proud of how I did it on the first run through, but like, what that's a perfect example to me of like what James and Micah brought to this band. That's great. So I'm so excited for everyone to hear that song. I'm, I'm really excited to hear it for sure. Thank you. I, I'm so and I'm so excited. We don't have any art or anything yet, but we know we're calling it Second Suiter's cool. Super Duper EP. Do you do the art for your records? Or? Um. So let. Uh, no, I don't think I've done any art for any of our EPs. Cool. Um. I will say, for the current EP that we're gonna do, the Super Duper one. Um, I had a student at the school I work for draw the main character for the EP cover. Oh, that's great. And that's awesome. I'm <laughs> so excited about it. She has a really unique kind of weird art style. And I, this cool. girl, Grace, I was just like, hey, would you be down to like draw something like a character for me for my band's thing? She was like, yeah, sure. Wow. That's <laughs> so, oh, that's cool. so yeah. I'm, I'm really excited that, you know, I have... I have a student doing that. I'm I'm really pumped on that. That's I'm great. really stoked on it. So you're a teacher? I'm an a, I'm a monitor at an alternative. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, that's it is. awesome. <laughs> for for two more days. Oh yeah. Friday Friday is officially second my last day. Second suitor full time. Now, yep, right? two more days and then second suitor full time for the rest of my life. Hopefully, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I got I got one, I got another question sure. I gotta ask you. Um, what what is your what's your thoughts on uh, Julian Hepworth's uh, second suitor cover, dude? <laughs> I'm I'm mad at it because you shouldn't be allowed to do a cover of my song that's better than what I can do. <laughs> no, Julian is yeah. phenomenal. Like I loved that so much. I think Micah, James, and I listened to it like coming home from a show, like oh, in the cool. car, and it was like, "What? Like this is some crazy <laughs> shit." I just found out about this too because Tyler was talking about this off air before oh. you showed up. And really you, cool. <laughs> you know how much of a big SATR. Yeah, fan shout out the robots are the yeah. best. Man. Hell yeah! Yeah. So let alone. Because, or I guess a little semi-spoiler, we're going to close with coffee because that's my favorite Second Suitor song. Cool. So now I have to go search this out one. because I didn't know Julian did this. You probably shouldn't <laughs> listen to Julian's version because then you're not going to want to listen to ours anymore. Then we'll, we'll just swap <laughs> it out. Like, I'll talk yeah, to Julian. Yeah, put Julian's <laughs> in at the end because it's cooler. We'll, we'll see if we can get it on YouTube. No, but I just heard about that, and that's just, like, incredible. And just especially yeah. just uh, coming out in just a short notice. I mean, you think about it, two years now, Second Suitor's been involved. And to see the influence you're having, which other bands are now covering your stuff. I mean, that's how, crazy. How, yeah, I was going to say, how wild yeah, that, is that? I, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's just like when when I saw that he posted that, it was just like, wait, like this is a joke or am I going to click this and something's going to like scare me or pop be like out? A, be like a, yeah, be like a Rick what, Roll or something like that. Yeah, but like it's crazy to me that Julian or anybody would even cover our music. Like I love that. If it, I think um, actually we had a – Couple friends, our friend Jenna Suspansky, she covered a song on ukulele before too. Oh, really? Nice. And then I have a friend um, Sydney. She made actually with an old Lila song. She made like a, she made like a dancey pop mix of an old. Nice. Lila. It's just <laughs> it's it's fucking weird, but it's so <laughs> cool. Like I love if anyone ever covers li- li- Second Suitor, please like tag me, show me. I love to see that kind I, of shit. I don't want to speak for you, but it's kind of like the ultimate. Ultimate like compliment, man. Hundred <laughs> you know? percent. No, dude, oh, I you totally. Have, you have to think that because, yeah. especially like I say, and especially being young, like a, such a brand new band, almost like two years is not really a long time. Per I se. know. That's, yeah, and, that's awesome. And, and to especially that's come out and have that influence. I mean, to say that that's the ultimate compliment is an understatement. Like in my opinion, like that. Hundred percent. That is just to really see where you're going and progressing, and especially where you want to take the band. I mean, when you're already having people cover your stuff. 
I mean, how, how does it get better? I mean, you have to think about it. And especially going with the, the songwriting aspect of it, too. Because now you've done the two EPs, pretty much been all you yeah. doing the songwriting, to now that you're including Micah and James in the, the next portion that you're going to be doing the, the new EP. Like, what would you say is your influences for songwriting and where you think now the changes are? Yeah, so, like, I I still typically am, like, the songwriter for Second Suitor, 100%. Um but it's cool now, like, with James and Micah, like, throwing their style into drumming, into bass, and whatnot. Um, but they're still awesome. They're both great with knowing, like, hey, this is Tyler's band. Like, this is his artistic kind of vision. It's your baby. It's my baby, 100%. <laughs> and, um, God, like, I don't know. I'm, I am I love being influenced by anything. I, I like to write a lot of, uh, I write a lot of, like, hypothetical love songs about girls that don't actually exist. <laughs> because... Yeah, are, are a <laughs> lot I've, been, your... I've been out of a relationship for two years, so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to create a love story in my head. And I, uh, on this new EP, I have one song that we wrote. It's called One Winged Angel, which is just jam-packed with nothing but, like, New Japan wrestling references. That like, is freaking cool. That so, is, I, I cannot I'm, wait to hear I'm this. Just, I'm so excited. It's like a it's, – and it's totally different from anything we've done. It's kind of like a super soft, like, doo-wop-y vibe. It's kind of spacey, but, like – yeah, just all the nice. lyrical content is pretty much like wrestling references and like, hey, we're cute kind of stuff. So <laughs> I, I I can't wait for people to hear it. I think I has like, Sean Carr heard it. <laughs> I, he has not yet. I'll okay. have to send it to him and see if it gets approval from Sean. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> that'd no be, doubt. That'd be something for a music video. Yeah. Oh, just a, a little footnote there. I'll, Absolutely. I'll throw that out at you. Yeah. But so now you're getting ready now to go on tour. Yes. So let's take a quick break because now we've talked about the EPs. Second Suitor is rolling. The band is gelling. Let's throw in one quick break because then we got to talk about the big tour coming up. Sounds great. So let's go back to the EP, Safe Space. You know it. We are here on the ODPH with Tyler Reed from Second Suitor. So stay tuned.
That was You Know It off Safe Space by Second Suitor. You're listening to a special edition of the ODPH podcast with Jimmy Gazik from Floodlands co-hosting and our guest of honor, Tyler Reed from Second Suitor. So we've talked about the EPs. We've talked about the growth of Second Suitor, how they're taking over slowly, but surely the world. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They've gone on a couple tours, kind of hitting some different states already. Yeah. So why don't we talk a little bit about that? Yeah. uh, We've done a couple runs already. We've gotten down to Florida. Uh, we've done a little bit of Midwest, got out to Detroit on our last tour. We were out um, this past October, we were out on a run supporting handguns for about two weeks. And yeah, we got to go to a bunch of great places that we've never been to, thanks to handguns. You know, we got to think uh, like the Holland House was in like the Cincy or Toledo area in Ohio. Sanctuary in Detroit was like one of the coolest places ever. Even um, Getting to Rochester and finally playing the Bug Jar was like, ah, I, nice. I love this venue. So, yeah, we're just – and then Florida itself, man. Florida's fun. I love Florida. Florida is crazy. Yeah, it's it's its it's, its own weird world, and I love it. Yeah, like like I always hear, like Charlemagne uh, on uh, Power 105, as always says, the craziest people in the world from Bronx and Florida. 100%. Yeah, 100%. I, I fully agree with that. I don't disagree. No, I <laughs> you can't argue that. Not at all. So, so that being said, like, how would you describe the differences between the local scene up here in the 607 and like the different areas you go tour? Um, let's see. I mean, our music scene is – it's weird because I feel like it comes and goes in waves a lot in our area where it'll be strong, it'll be bumping, it'll be thriving for a long while, and then it'll get a lull, and when it's in a lull, it's in a deep lull where it's like, you know, people just aren't going to shows, no new bands are coming out, bands aren't even playing as much anymore, people are kind of bored, but, I mean, you see it everywhere, but the one thing with the Binghamton music scene, at least right now, how it's feeling, man... It's growing again, which is phenomenal, and there's such a a more of a sense of community and family now. I feel more than ever, and maybe it's just because we're getting older. And like for one, I don't fucking care about drama and bullshit at all in any capacity. Like that's not why I'm at a show. If you want drama, go somewhere else. Like, and I think a lot of us, as we've gotten older, it's like, oh yeah, like. There, why was there stupid rivalries? Like, we can just put on shows together and bring all of the people. Like, there's no need to compete. And you still see it in different places sometimes, mm-hmm. but for the most part, from, from our experiences, man, scenes have been super welcoming into us, and I appreciate that more than anything. So it's scary to play new places for the first time, but at the it's also exhilarating. I love playing new places for the first time. It's the one aspect of social anxiety I like. Like, all right, let's get let's play somewhere new. Like, I can handle that. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be absolutely crazy because you have the big tour coming up with Tom Julu, as we touched upon, starting uh, February thirteenth, Brady's Pub, Elmira, yeah, New York, and then you're playing the big Valentine's Day show. Oh yeah, uh, was um, at Ripick's Carousel Lanes. Yeah. So oh, I the mean, bowling alley. Nice. Oh, you know it. Yeah, we're <laughs> I doing love a, it there. We're doing a late night bowling alley show for Valentine's Day. I love this sweet. idea. I'm so excited. Um, we're gonna. We're doing some cool shit for this show, too. Like, it's a late-night one, but it's all ages because it's at a bowling alley. So you really can't – I mean, yeah, it's, can. it's awesome. But, um, yeah, we're, it's – doors, I think, are 1030. Show starts at 11. Yep. Um, we're doing – it's 3 bucks a person or 5 bucks for a couple. So nice. if you bring a date, come on out to the show. It's, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have a date for my own show, so I'm going to pay the 3 bucks. But um, – yeah, come out. It's going to be fun. I think I think we might do something kind of cool and silly at the end of Suter set with uh, a couple of the Jolu members, too. Okay. I mean, that's perfect because, like I say, I always recommend single people go bowling. 
Oh yeah. On Valentine's Day, because like I am a big like anti Valentine's Day person. Yeah. Because I think it's a fake day. See, oh yeah. So, like, so so like I always go bowling. Like for me, if I'm single, I'm going. So that's I'm already kind of booked. Well, for if we're both day. single that day, we can just go and go in for five dollars together. Yeah, I'll say I'll save I'll save my <laughs> perfect. Yeah. yeah, you can and save then we some can money. Just, <laughs> we can save that dollar and put it towards bowling. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> But no, but I mean, just going in with it is such a cool idea for Valentine's Day too, especially locally to do. And then for where you're going after that, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, and then North Carolina again. Yeah, I mean, a bunch of how places. crazy is that? It's fun, man. Yeah, it, I love it. I mean, to me, that's that's being alive. You wake up somewhere you're not from, and you you, you drive to the next place, play a show, figure it out. I don't know. It's just. I love traveling and I love being on tour. It's my favorite thing in the world. And I hope hopefully these tours start getting bigger and longer and better. And I'm just so happy with what we're, that we're able to do it because I mean, I've been chasing this silly punk rock pipe dream for like 15 years and to still be able to play music for anybody and to be able to travel with it and play shows and tour. Like I know it's something that some people don't get the opportunity to do. So just to be able to do it, I'm so thankful and appreciative of because there's nothing else I'd rather do. And even if it doesn't grow into anything or get huge, that's that's irrelevant. Like I love to do this and just being able to play my music across the country is fucking awesome. I was going to say, what would be the future plans after the tour? It's just more recording and... Well, after the tour, hopefully, um, we'll have a new EP out within the next couple months. Second Suitor's Super Duper EP. And you might think that's a joke, but we're seriously going to name it that. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> why not? And um, I think April, we plan on doing a Northeast run up through like uh, like Massachusetts, Connecticut, Vermont, New Hampshire, maybe. Um I know we want to bring Shout Out the Robots out for something at some point. That would be incredible. Even if it's just like a long weekend, we want to bring out them. We want to bring out our friends in Elmira. Uh, oh, God, Micah just told me we want to bring someone out. Why am I drawing a, I'm drawing a blank on their name. Oh, my God, Paris and Steve. I, I name your members, and I can't think of the name of their band. Swollen Rooster. Duh. Oh, my God. How did I forget that? Yeah. Um, and then the big plan for us right now is – um, by July, late June, in all of July, we want to tour out to California and back. Nice. Wow. That's I, our game plan. I was just going to ask if you would ever do anything West Coast. West I, Coast so. I have <laughs> never gotten any of my bands out to the West Coast, and me and Micah are determined to get Suter out to the West Coast this summer. Sounds good, man. I've never been to California in my life, and no, I want to play a show out there so badly. Kelly's a wild Definitely. scene. Vegas would be cool, too. That's Dude. I'm not even joking. One of the students at my school said, you got to go to Vegas today. And I'm like, first of all, you're 15, so why are you telling me to go to Vegas? Second of all, you're absolutely right. I should go to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, Vegas, Vegas will blow your mind. I just, can't wait. Just just stay on the strip. Make sure you have a watch on you at all times. Yes. And put your credit card away. If you don't really know, you should be betting. Good call. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will tell you some many stories off air because whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas and we're keeping it off air. <laughs> oh, yes. alrighty. But um, yeah, no, to get the music out there and especially from being the 607 to take it out west, take yeah. it countrywide. Yeah, we're like, trying to, man. I know, but how? But that's just such a, a great goal to have. Yeah. Just to really grow and just take the full advantage. Because like you say, as you touched upon, that you're going to be making Second Suitor your full-time job. Yeah. And, I mean, how brave it is to do and just live in the moment and take it as far as you can run with it. Absolutely. And, you know, I've kind of stigmatized myself my whole life growing up. Like, 
I don't know, like, I, you, you almost feel a judgment on yourself more than from anyone else, and it's like, well, you can't do this, you're 28, da-da-da-da. And now I'm finally to the point in my life where I'm like, you know what, fuck that. I've always come back to wanting to tour and wanting to do this. It's never gone away. This is who I am, and if you don't like it, then fuck it. I don't care anymore, because this is who I am, this is what I want to do, and I believe in myself and my band and what we're doing, and if you don't like it, that's totally okay, but... Get the fuck out of the way, or else we're gonna run your ass over. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. No other better way to say yeah. it. Yeah. So just to give the quick links, because I know we're gonna be talking about a subject that we've been all waiting to talk about this episode. Uh-oh. So if you want to find out more about Second Suitor, you can go to the ODPH website, ochodoropalear.com slash music. We have the links for their Instagram page, their Facebook, and their bandcamp, which is secondsuitor.bandcamp.com. So you can download all the albums so you can get caught up on the songs. Because when they go on tour, you definitely want to go see them live. And especially if they're heading out west and they're touring the country this summer. That is where you want to go see them, folks. So you can say, I heard them on the ODPH. And go to the shows and sing along. And you'll be right along with the, the crowd. You'll be one step ahead of them. Yeah, come sing with us. But I love please, sing. Please, for my sake, play in Binghamton again. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe even at Subterranea again. Ooh, that's that's, we should that's do a always a wild there. time. Yeah, man. Yeah, Floodlands and, Floodlands and Second Floodlands Suter. Floodlands and Suter at That'd Subterranea. Be, oh, man. Oh. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. We'll make it happen. I say, Sounds I, don't, good, I don't know if we can pull off the another Hashtag 67 Podcast uh, con season kickoff, but maybe... Maybe that'd be the time to do that, and maybe throw our good friend Shout in there too. Oh, I'm putting nice. that energy out in the world. I don't know. Let's see what we can make happen. I'm down. So sounds good. Obviously, we gotta talk some wrestling. Oh yes, because we're all big wrestling fans here. Pad is a huge wrestling fan as well, and he's been mo- maintaining the boards, making sure the sound is good for this. Sounding crisp. Yes, sounding very crisp. And Sean's cousin. And, and yeah, so <laughs> finally, or, yeah, finally we're done with this music shit. Now we can talk about wrestling. Now we can get the real Tyler's <laughs> cousin, Sean. Yes, my 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 cousin, the hybrid Sean Carr, who almost had the uh, American Legion post eighty torn down to the ground in the two CW days. Yes, <laughs> I remember a you steel go, cage Sean. match with him and Axel Lennox there. It was wild, man. Dude, hell yeah. I, I just remember that match very clearly. It was a 2CW ladder match for the 2CW yes. championship against Sean Carr and the captain. That's right. Big Dude, That was the one where I was convinced the place was going to get torn down because Sean grabbed the belt, dropped it. The captain grabbed it up. Oh, the captain won the belt. Dude. I looked at, <laughs> I looked at Ken and I go, we need to find the door and get out Yeah, now. No shit. Yeah, yeah we, dude, that was wild. Was that also the time where he like his intro was like 10 minutes long and he just kept coming through the crowd through oh, the captain, yeah, 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 the captain. Because he used to, he used to <laughs> kind of go against Island. Yeah, and he would just like come through the crowd, and then he would like leave the ring, go out one door, and come in another there, door. Once there the was they did a show up in I want to say it was Drivers Village or wherever it was. Yeah, up, yeah, up, in, in Syracuse. Up, up in Syracuse. That I wasn't able to go because I had work or something going on. But Ken and some of our friends went up to the show, and Ken was texting me. He goes, "You wouldn't believe what's happening right now." I go, well, "What's happening?" He goes. The captain has been running around for his intro for 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we timed it. It was 15 minutes. I mean, it, it, it it's indie wrestling at its best. It's so good. And like I say, for Sean, too. I mean, we're all big fans of him down here. I mean, I remember the first time I saw Sean wrestle was him and Cage versus Pun and Graham. At, oh, my God. At, and, and, like, it was, the, it was the time they finally won the two CW tag team titles. 
and it was like a yeah. weapons match. And yeah, I, just, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I think it was the night of RVD and Sammy Callahan. Oh yeah, yes. I think if I'm not wasn't mistaken. that on 420 or something? It was yeah, it was something. It was like the first indie well, show I, RVD I went, I, I went to locally. Or, or they said like that was the attendance was like 420. It's like of course it was for RVD. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember. No, it was summertime because I I think the attendance did say it was 420. I just remember watching that match. That was the first indie show I went to locally, and I was like, holy shit! Like what the hell is going on here? Yeah, <laughs> and obviously. Seeing Sean, you know, come now to excite and you know tear it up at the X two, dude, it's crazy. Yeah, like I mean, Sean has made such a name for himself in the wrestling world. It's so fucking cool to see. And I mean, I think he's helped so many new people get into wrestling in the Binghamton area, which is f- so much fun. Because you've been to the local shows; they're they're a fucking blast, man. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're and great. It's, <laughs> it's so cool too to like even now like. You watch WWE or something, and it's like, oh, remember when when Kevin Owens wrestled AJ Styles in front of two hundred people at post eighty? It's like, oh yeah, now they're both like, <laughs> yeah, huge and I, like, dude, like just going through the list of people we've seen wrestle at the American Legion is insane. I like oh, to absolutely. I like to give Sean credit. He broke Matt Hardy. He yeah. broke Matt Hardy. Matt he Hardy did. wrestled in Binghamton before he was quote unquote broken in that the TNA the, run. Sean beat him. I'm gonna take credit for that then because I got to meet Matt that night, and yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm the one who broke him then. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, like, no, I like telling Sean. I'm like, left, that he, was was that also that was also the night they had Kenny and the Bucks. Yeah, that was yep. before Kenny was Kenny big. Kenny Omega and the Bucks wrestled at uh, post eighty. The, the Bucks were big, you know, because yeah. wild. Because there was the two CW show where they wrestled. Uh, what was it? Team three D because they couldn't Dudleys. they couldn't use the Dudley name. Yep. And I remember standing there and I look. We were there with some friends and I looked at a buddy of mine and I go, "We're breaking fire code right now." Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Because we could <laughs> not physically move, and I'm oh, not yeah. and I'm not talking like oh stretch your legs and run about. No, you couldn't Pat. even like move. Yeah. I remember that man. Oh, that, why. You can yeah. find you can find that match on YouTube if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yes, you can. You can find it on cool. YouTube. It was freaking nuts. I mean, that just to go show like how you can support a scene. Yeah, the indie wrestling scene locally is freaking insane, and it's awesome to be a part of. Yeah, because especially now from being in the days of the Legion. Where standing room only and seeing some of the wildest action you've well, seen, and, and especially you think of some of the names that, like you mentioned, have come through here: Matt Hardy, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, you know, the Dudley Boys, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, Adam Cole, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Hacksaw <laughs> Jim Duggan, dude, like Big. for real though. Um, who? Uh, there's just so, Lucha Brothers. Yeah, yeah, Penta like, and Phoenix. Yeah, it's just crazy. I know it's crazy because like you're th- you're touching on too. Like with talking about Kevin Owens and AJ Styles, I have my picture with Kevin Owens, George Gatton, who's an indie wrestler, and somebody else. And the person who took it was Matt Jackson. That's yeah, like that's <laughs> like how crazy nuts. is that story? It just it, but it, go, it goes to show. It just I mean, you never know when you go to an indie wrestling show who you're gonna see no. and when they get called up to the big roster. Like I always say. The best main event I've ever seen here at Excite Wrestling was Joe Gacy versus Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. yeah. And Ciampa was a replacement for yeah. Sammy Callahan. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. I'll say I, my, my favorite match was probably when Joey Ryan faced off against Dick Justice because I oh my, I left with a migraine. Yeah. Oh, I was laughing was so, I was so, laughing so was hard. It, was that the finish where Dick Justice tried to shoot Joey Ryan's dick, but it ricocheted yep. off and then killed him? <laughs> yep. Yes. I left that I left that match. I left <laughs> that show with a migraine. Not because of anything wrong or like loud noises or anything. Just I was laughing so hard. That's incredible. Yeah, that the amount of wrestling we could talk locally is ins- I know it, it's insane, and that's why I say always if you get the chance to go to any independent wrestling show, 
Go to an indie show. You, trust me, you will be entertained. So go to Facebook. And go to the events. Do do a search. I'm sure there's something in your area. Absolutely. Like we're lucky we have also, excite doing like, what we do. That you, translates to the music world too. Go find your new favorite band. Like just because totally, they're not huge man. on Facebook or something. Like, dude, indie wrestling shows are so much fun. They're unique and wonderful. Yeah. Local shows are like that too. But you gotta go and see it, man. Definitely, man. Go experience it. They're you right. gotta, especially a guy like Joey Ryan. You gotta experience oh that my in person. God, yes. And like honestly, you and Sean kind of have the same dream in a way because you're both going after your dreams like yeah. he wants he's wrestling you're playing music you're both traveling like i just i just put that together like man you guys have a lot in common yeah it's fun it's cool. dude i and me, and i love supporting sean and he supports the shit out of me too which is yeah. awesome i've i've I, I print shirts for sean once in a while <laughs> oh cool man. yeah like it's it's fun sometimes like going to like the excite shows it's like oh i, I printed that i printed that i printed that <laughs> that's <laughs> like, great all the sean cars i didn't know around. you printed shirts i printed <laughs> a, i printed a bunch of them for sean that's great. So, yeah, man. So let's let's talk about something that happened recently. Royal Rumble. How happy were you with uh, the outcomes? Um, I was happy with the outcome of Drew McIntyre winning the Rumble. I will yes. say, <laughs> I will say this about the Royal Rumble. I had I was watching it on the iPad on the couch. Seven forty-five p.m. I was out. I was asleep. I was done for. <laughs> I did not even stay awake for the whole thing really? at all. I was out like a light. I just, I love the Rumble, too. The Rumble's probably, like, my second favorite WWE pay-per-view of the year because it's got that unpredictability where, you you know, hopefully someone cool does come out. And they, I, I fucking missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, like, I woke up the next morning. I was like, Oh, motherfucker. Like, I didn't even see any of it. I was like, all right, let's go to Instagram and see what happened. And, and then, then Edge. How cool is that, man? Yeah. 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 Yep. I mean, I watched the clip a hundred times of him coming out because I'm like, I'm kicking myself. Like, how? Because, of course, I wake up to text messages before I can get on anything. And my cousin Chris is blowing me up like, dude, fucking Edge is back. I'm like, no. What the fuck? <laughs> I know. Like, we all freaked. Like, Jimmy was here for the watch party we had. Oh, yeah. And nice. Was, and, like, we were all like, no fucking way. Like, <laughs> That's how? So cool. Yeah. And, and now, especially the next night, which was the only great thing about Raw. Yeah. Was him and Randy Orton, yeah, Raw getting that set up. Raw like, sucked that night. <laughs> well, well, like the thing about Raw, which I I I don't understand, because Heyman's running it for yeah. like the creative influence, and I'm sorry, that surprises me. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. like, it it hasn't been great. Like it's it's had moments where it's been like, okay, we're really doing something, and then you get stuff like the Lana Lashley Rusev angle, which is the biggest hot gar- garbage. Oh, somebody give me. Fire. Somebody give me a garbage can. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I like because like they all deserve a better storyline. Yeah, and it's just like it's so painful to watch. And now they they threw Liv Morgan into it and repackaged her. I I guess like yeah. I, it, like, well, I she just, was already being repackaged before they threw her in with this because, you know, she – I forget when it was. It was, like, right before or after the, the last draft, quote-unquote draft. And she was like, oh, you know, she tried to face Charlotte on a Raw or SmackDown. Which it was ever, a SmackDown, yeah. She, she wanted to face Charlotte to, like, prove that she wasn't, you know, the second tier. There's nobody that, like, she deserved a chance. And Charlotte just wiped the floor with her, and she, like, had that, like, you know, come to Jesus moment where it was like, you know what, this isn't working. I got to do something about myself. None of this is working. I don't like where I'm going with this. You know, I'm going to come back better than ever. Yeah. And then, then, you know, so that was already in the works, and then they just kind of threw her in with us. But the thing with it, too, though, it's like she, when she was in the Riot Squad, she at least had, like, that bubbly character. She was identifiable. Yeah. I I think she, every time she's come out, I thought she was Dana Brooke. 
so far. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, yeah. like, yeah. to me, she's just, like, super generic and boring. Like, I liked Liv Morgan when she was a character. Yeah. Because that's what I like. I like good characters wrestling. But, like, to me, I'm like, it's boring. Like, they just dulled her down. Like, what? You have a hot girl. Re- cool. You've never done that, WWE. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like I. Big fucking deal. Yeah. I want to see her wrestle. Like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, and she can wrestle, too. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's a sad thing. Because you saw, I mean, Grant, she had to wrestle against Lana, who's yeah. not, who's who still needs, <laughs> in my opinion, still needs a lot of work in the wrestling ring. Yeah. But to see Liv actually do that, like, reverse flatliner, it was like, okay, where has this been? Instead, we're stuck with, like, the worst angle, which is not getting better by any means, nope. and it's still going, because I, I was like, okay. Uh, I don't know. The uh, one angle where they undid about a month and a half worth of storytelling was worse, where they brought back the authority. Uh, oh, remember, I remember that. Remember we, <laughs> went to, we, remember we went to Jimmy's brother's, like, birthday get-together locally, yeah. and how pissed we were? <laughs> yeah, that was a bad night. <laughs> we're, we're, they're like, well, you guys are pissed. What happened? We're like, listen, we just got done watching wrestling, and they undid a month and a half worth of storytelling. Yeah, the minute we walked in, we <laughs> said the authorities back. Like everybody, the new wrestling just went. Ugh. They're like, really? Just, yeah, and like, what the fuck? and like Billy, <laughs> Billy was like, "What are you mad about?" And we're like, wrestling. He's like, I don't want to talk to you guys. <laughs> like, he just Billy is not a wrestling. No, Billy, Billy is Billy is not a wrestling fan. But I still got to get him to go to a local show because I think yeah. he would enjoy it. I think so. <laughs> Billy would be out of control Saturday at, night at, at, at the X, yeah. at the X. <laughs> I I could just see him him and Tom. Oh God, Tom from from Floodlands. Tom's a maniac. Yeah, Tom, Tom's a wild. <laughs> Jason, man, so. the our new guitar player, he likes to go. So you have to bring him down yeah, Saturday. Definitely. Like I said, Saturday should be like the tour. You start at the X and then you go to the Galaxy for the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gonna try to hit both. I'm th- I'm, I'm at least gonna get to one. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. If I can make one, I'll be happy. I'm gonna try to do both. Yeah, so, definitely. So let me ask the panel here. So what's our hopes for WrestleMania? To not fall asleep halfway through. Okay, fair that, enough. That Okada wrestles Tanahashi. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bold strategy, Cotton. I mean, New Japan has been killing it. Wrestle, I, Wrestle Kingdom was amazing. <laughs> I didn't see it yet. Because I'm, wor- I'm working on a link for you as I know, we're recording. I, I, so. ap- I appreciate that yeah. very much because, oh, my God. I want Drew to get the strap, man. <laughs> I, I, w- I want to see Drew McIntyre get yeah. the belt. I, I think that that would make a lot of sense. Uh, I actually called this on the wrestling show on the Three Fat Nerds Podcast Network. I say Charlotte is challenging Rhea Ripley for NXT. I hope so. Because I, I don't want to see her against Becky again. Nope. I don't want to see her. Even though like I know Bailey is the heel, and I think that would be an interesting dynamic. We've been there. We've done that. Let's do something yeah, fresh. Yeah, for that, sure. And that's that's I think that's the big qualm with WWE in general. It's like you have so much amazing talent across all three brands or four brands or whatever. Why do you continue to pump hot garbage to everyone? Why not put good wrestlers in the ring and let them tell the story? Yeah, because I mean that's pretty much what NXT like, does. Did you see? Yeah. Did you guys see the the takeover the UK? Yes. Holy shit! <laughs> How much better than anything WWE is doing was that? No, that was their best program they've had. I'm like, I was sitting there watching, and I was watching with Pat, and I'm like. Rumble will not even touch this. The, yeah. ma- the match, the match will be by I, there. I, 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 I kid you huh. not. The reason I have the WWE Network is so I can watch takeovers because I the, the WWE is just so bland. It's, it's, bland. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> I, I need more. I want better wrestling and just good, cool shit happening. What's your take on AEW? I love it. I think they're still in a part where they're you know. You can see it's not as as sharp yeah. like with the production, which is understandably so. I think they'll get that better, but from a wrestling standpoint, it's like you can tell that all of the wrestlers kind of give a shit a lot more. They're all putting on trying to put on the best matches they can and I, I think they've gotten better since Chris Jericho started calling them out. 
Yes. I Because the problem that I think they have is they have too many bosses and not enough workers. Too many yeah. cooks. Yeah. Too, too many like, cooks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too many cooks. Because when you have everybody that's a vice president. Yeah. And they're not all on the same page. And you can tell they're not. Yep. Like, what program are you watching? And I, I think <laughs> that that just hurts them because – they have great wrestlers on that on that thing. Their women's division, I think, needs a lot of work, though. And, and yes, and just top to bottom, it's just it's not on par with WWE or NXT by any means. And like, I I think that hurts their brand a lot. I do too. In this, especially in 2020. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because like, we, women's wrestling's legit. Yeah, like, absolutely. And and. They're, you can see like they want it to be legit on AEW, but it's 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 not there yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Like I think Brandy Rhodes' character and whatever they're doing there is hurting that. Yeah, I don't really care for that. Yeah. Like I know Jimmy, you haven't seen it. No, it, I haven't. AEW is like a great super indie that's on yeah. TV. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and that's how it feels too. Yeah, it, it it definitely feels super indie. And but at times they try be in WWE and I think that hurts them. Yeah. And like I say, their women's division, it's nothing against the, the women that are wrestling there. Yeah. It's just it's not coming together in the ring and it's not coming together like on a storyline basis. Like you, you flip over to NXT and NXT has like the best women's division by light 100%. years away. I remember Impacts being good. Is it still? Impacts is still pretty good. Impacts is definitely there. Jordan Grace and Tessa Blanchard are carrying that division right now. Nice. Like those are the two best ones. But even like everybody else is on the mid card there is doing well. Mm-hmm. And like the problem you just have is like AEW just is still trying to find their way. And like Tyler touched upon, the production needs work. Yeah. Like they yeah. miss a lot of shots, and it, it it's starting to get this weird WCW Saturday Night feel. To oh, me. okay, and I got you. It's not like <laughs> the good years. It's this is like the bad years with yeah. the robot doors, and that's my one thing with AEW. It's like I don't think anyone wants WCW. Just be AEW. Yeah, like, don't try to like. To me, like Bash at the Beach, like that was cool, but like to me, that felt like. You're just trying to be WCW, like yeah. I mean, I loved the whole Jericho, the cruise ship, like show. That was awesome. But like, I don't know. Like, don't call it Bash at the Beach. That's that's. I don't know. You're better than that. See, when <laughs> when I saw that, I thought it was WCW Panama Beach. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. and that's why it's like, get off the cruise. Like, yeah. the cruise is cool if you're uh, yeah. a fan and go to because it's meet and greets and all that jazz. But I like, like it, but probably don't do the live show from the. Yeah, like that's that's what I'm saying with that. Like, yeah. if you want to do like a tape match, sure, but sure. but don't do your live show from there. It looks it looked bad. Because like what the the year before, I mean, I did think it was cool with all of the crowd singing Judas one yeah. year. Because I mean, Jericho was great, but I liked when they had the the Jericho cruise with like Ring of Honor because it wasn't like televised really. No, it wasn't. It was just on BET. Like I or, watched or like, BTE uh, rather. Yeah, sorry. like I was watching like Dalton Castle's like videos from that and it just seemed like more of a genuine like honest experience if that makes sense yeah, yeah. as opposed to like forcing a tv show production on a boat you yeah, know what i mean especially you can't get right in an arena what are you gonna do on the seat uh, like when the boat is rocking like yeah like i don't know like i that whole thing i just need to work like i know new japan has been on point Wrestle new King- japan is just i can't i need to watch wrestle kingdom so bad like i say i'm working i, <laughs> you know, I, keep, I keep looking I know, back at my phone like, i appreciate it so much Yeah, like we're gonna make this happen one way or another like I, it's like, gonna happen yeah absolutely cause, cause it's 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 been great like new japan is so good it's so good to be a wrestling fan right now absolutely and especially going into mania season like this is when wwe usually usually steps their game up yep and like i say worlds collide oh so you th- good you think punk is cm punk will be at mania yes you not, think he'll have a match no 
Ah, <laughs> I, I think he'll be there. I think unless they really try shoehorning him against Triple H in, and I, I, like I think you're going to see. Mark my words, you will see Punk wrestling by the end of the year. Yeah, he's yeah. he's got the itch. You can tell. Yeah, that he's coming back, and I'm sure they'll throw him enough money too. I'm yeah, I no hope doubt. so, man. But I don't think you'll see him at Mania per se. Like I think they'll kind of do a build. I think that I wouldn't doubt him winning the Rumble next year. Oh, okay. I'll even make that bold prediction. I can prediction. see that because that's the only thing he wants is a main event WrestleMania. Yeah, against who? I mean, who knows at that point? But for right now, I think that he's going to he'll be involved in some way. Like he'll either be there and somebody will try like doing a, a vignette on him or something. But I think you'll start seeing the groundwork get laid. Do you think they have him do it as a heel or a face though? I think he wants to do it as a heel. Yeah. I don't think he wants to be a face. I think he hates being a face. I think he does, too. He's, like, the best heel. <laughs> I know. I just, I don't, I almost hope, like, you almost get the vibe they might try to do, like, the Daniel Bryan thing, like, push him as, like, the un- undefeatable odds, but he's got to do it kind of thing. Like, I can just see WWE trying to roll with that. Like, please don't. Yeah, <laughs> I hope you know? not. I, I hope not either. See, like, and that's the problem. I hate that with WWE, I'm conditioned to think the worst is going to happen. <laughs> but but you know what? They haven't, you know what given I mean? re- they haven't given you reason not to lately. Exactly. Like, that's, that's the problem. Because like, when they did the whole, like, the McMahons were going to step down and we're going to be on TV, and then what happened? You had Shane come right back on and be the <laughs> yeah. best in the world and, and do that. <laughs> like, it, it just it turns you off as a fan because, it they, I mean, you have arguably their strongest roster they've had ever. Yeah. Yeah, and, and yet they find ways to botch up. Like you have Nakamura on TV, and then you don't have him on for like months, and then suddenly he comes back with uh. Sami Zayn. And I mean, uh, Zayn, I'm guess I'm guessing the only reason they keep him off is because he's injury prone. But I love him in his role now. Yeah, where they finally turn him heel. But you have guys like Cesaro who's getting lost in the shuffle. Yeah, and, and yeah. isn't he with Nakamura? Like that yeah, they, little faction. They, and like that's the thing too. You have these great talents together. Half the time, they don't even wrestle. It's just like quick run-in little thing or feuding with whoever. Like, wrestle. Yeah. Cesaro and Nakamura and Sami Zayn are, like, three of the best wrestlers. Let them wrestle. Like, I hate this, like, hokey nonsense anymore. Yeah. I mean, Too much of it. I will, say, <laughs> I will say there's a couple things that are getting better, like uh, the whole uh, Church of Rollins thing. Yes. I- I'm all on board with. It's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, they're taking some steps, but it's... I like that he's bringing up Buddy Murphy with him, yes. too. Because Buddy Murphy's a fantastic wrestler, and I think being in a heel faction is, like, really going to elevate his career. Yeah, absolutely. Like Especially I, with someone like Seth Rollins. Yeah. You, I think, obviously, he's got tag team goal. I, I don't doubt win the U.S. title at some point. Yeah. Uh, I don't know against who, but I think he's going to do it. And I can see him beating, like, a ricochet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because Ricochet's always better chasing, not as a champ. Yep, 100%. Yeah, so, man, so much good wrestling. Yeah, (laughs) no doubt. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely. So, before we let you go, is there anybody you want to shout out? Any any final parting words of wisdom? (sighs) Words of wisdom. Drive dangerous and take chances. Don't actually do that. I still, <laughs> I, <laughs> I work in a school. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. Thank you to anyone who like follows this band and believes in this batshit crazy idea of ours to be a punk rock band. Like, um, God, shout out to like all of our you guys, the ODPH for having me on. This is fucking cool, Jimmy. This is awesome. Um, Absolutely. I'll shout out. Let's see. I'll do Tom Jolu because we're bringing him on tour next month. Shout out the Robots, Floodlands. All of Jimmy's bands. Thanks, man. Yeah, you got it. Um, I'm gonna uh, coasting on potential. Uh, Micah, James, both their significant others and families for being so supportive of them in this band. 
I appreciate you letting me steal your men's for periods out of time to go, <laughs> to go live in a sweaty car with me. I appreciate that. Um, just honestly, anyone who believes in supports this wacky thing of ours, it means a lot. And I cannot thank you enough for listening, for coming to a show, for buying a shirt, telling your friends, coming to a show, letting us sleep on your floor, anything. It truly means a lot. And hope we get to keep doing this for a very, very, very long time. Absolutely. Jimmy, before you go, yes, sir. what's the latest in Floodlands? Um, we are going to be playing February 28th at Galaxy Brewing Company with uh, um, K.O. Dot, Hearse, and uh, I think they're called po- Poslum Zero. I can't pronounce it too well, but that show is coming up. Uh, Tom and I were talking today. We're going to work on recording something soon oh okay but uh i i'm not gonna say right now because i'm not sure if they want me to say but, no no i don't want you to get in trouble, but yeah there, there's gonna be some recording in the works and with our new guitar player jason yeah and, love it and w- we're probably gonna involve uh our friend mike Mecha somehow okay like, ah. helping us record a little so very cool he did shout at the robots he's done cold sweats He's done a lot of other great bands too, so we'll a- see. Any shout outs you want to give before we take off? Um just the Tyler. Thanks for doing this, man. Oh well too sweet. There too we go. Too sweet. Um you you Josh and I don't know, everyone else, my family, friends, yeah. like thank you all for listening and uh thanks for thanks to everyone who supports local music. It's Hell yeah. It's it's alive and well and we're gonna Bands like Second Suitor, Shout at the Robots, they keep it alive, and many other bands too. Many other, there's so it's such a great vibe. Thanks, man. Absolutely, it's such a great vibe right now in the music scene, and I'm happy to be a part of it. Right on, oh, yeah, man. Right on, Jimmy. If you want to find out more about Floodlands, floodlands.bandcamp.com, or you can just go over slash music We have all the links on there, so you have to make sure you have CSR in your CD collection if you still listen to CDs. If not, it should be in your digital collection. Either way, you need to add it ASAP if you have not. And I want to give another special thank you to Tyler Reed for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for coming on for more. Yeah, sec- thanks, man. For, absolutely for more second suitor. SecondSuiter.bandcamp.com. And like I said, you can go to the Ocho Duro Parley Hour webpage and find the music section. We have all the links for their social media. So you need to go there, like, subscribe, download the music, support the local music scene. Because when they go on tour, you can already be a step ahead of everybody else who's going to be like, who is this band? And you can be like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> so we're going to wrap the show up with my favorite song from Second Suitor, which I have just heard the Shout of the Robots cover. And I'm going to have to get that, and I'll just be listening to coffee all day, every day, for the rest of the week, <laughs> at least. So for Tyler, again, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, sir. I greatly appreciate it. For the one and only Jimmy Gazdick. Thank you, man. For Padawan J. Thank you, thank you. I'm your host, Ken M. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. We'll see you next time. Voice in your head, a voice.
you won't forget